Let me try. Let me think about it. This is the Terribly Vex podcast. Uh, no, this is the Terribly Vex podcast. Okay. Okay. You got it. Sure. Okay. Welcome back to the Terribly Vex podcast. Hello. No. 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 Oh. No. Right. <laughs> it's the toughest part sometimes. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Terribly Vex podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm Justin. How are y'all doing? Great, super, fantastic. <laughs> Can't get any response. That That's... was. Let us know. Sound off in the comments how you're doing. Right? And we'd like to hear from you. Yeah. All Feel right. free. Got a nice juicy episode for everyone this evening. Yeah. Or morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to. Whenever us. the hell you're listening to this thing. That's the beauty of the podcast. It's on demand. Right. If it was live, it'd be a radio show. Am I right or wrong? You're right. Okay. Um, what do you got for us? You got anything for us? Well, I think we we did kind of talk about it just a tad. I might just bring it up just to say it's how much bullshit. That is exactly what this this time is for. Yeah. Just dumb stuff. Let me tell you about this UAP hearing and all that stuff. Same old bullshit. Some guy heard it from some guy that we have NHIs, non-human intelligence. Who said it? Can't tell you. Fuck off then. <laughs> that's that's all I got to say about that. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm over it. I, I watched a couple of things. It's pretty lame. I don't... Why people seem to be so fascinated with this, I don't understand. I know. It's just getting old that there's no... All, the only thing that's new that's coming out is all the... NHIs, UFO, UAP, COUO. There's All the a, new acronyms? Yeah, it's just stupid shit like that. There's nothing. I want to see an alien come out and talk to Biden. Is that too much to ask? Some say we already have seen that, though. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> You're right. Again. I guess. That's two. Yep. Two okay. Two. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about that, which I know we're supposed to be discussing this kind of garbage, right? <laughs> Not exactly though. But I don't I just don't care anymore about this UFO stuff. Nothing new's coming out. And you're a UFO alien guy. I want there to be we've already been through this. I want there to be aliens so bad and I want to see it in my lifetime. Evil or nice. If they, if it's an if it's an evil invasion, I almost prefer it. I mean there needs to be some sort of invasion at this point. There needs to be some serious all this talking and these, uh, you know, these revelations mm -hmm. that are non-existent, these hearings, I mean, it's, uh, it just stinks of psyop to me. And I know you hate that word. No. It's and okay. I hate that word too because it gets, it gets uh, overused, but it's, uh, it's just theater is what I'm seeing. And I, like I said, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, the hearings, hearings, went out a little shit, but yeah. like it's, uh, there's nothing coming from it, so... But people are getting wrapped up into it. I mean, you see the comments and some of these things uh, can't all be bots. These are legitimate people like, oh, they're amazed by these. Like, just tell us. Just like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I heard this theory, and I didn't bring it up earlier because I forgot all about it until I just read it. But uh, what do you think about this? They are giving us the slow drip of information, so we get used to it, right? Right. So when the fake alien invasion takes place, all of us, all the people come together, will embrace a world government. 
Yeah, I've heard that to theory. fight it. What do you? What do you? What do you seems think plausible. That? You like it? Yeah, it seems plausible. You see lots of things working, you know, and happening in other other countries, countries all over the world, at the same time already. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that there would be something like this to bring us all together. You know, now we would have a common enemy. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would uh, divert our attention away from. You think that would work, though? The pillaging and the plundering that's actually taking place right. in the real world. Right. I mean, would, would a world government work? I think it's already working. You think so? Yeah, I think it's already, as I've said before in previous it's episodes, already, it's kind of already here. It's already going. Yeah, it's already here. The idea that it's just sort of off in the future and you still have a chance. Yeah. Nah, I think, that's, I think those days are over. So... Uh, they're fucking with us all the time, so something like this is certainly... Uh, something's afoot. Yeah, okay. something's amiss. Okay. And I don't see why something like this couldn't be... As much as they're pushing it right now, yeah. Yeah. But is it what it, you know... These hearings are a waste of time. There's I never agree. any, like, nothing ever comes from them. And, I, you know, it's not just this one. You go back to, like, the church committee, is like, the what, mid-1970s. Yeah. which was to investigate like the intelligence agencies and stuff. They're like, yeah, what are these guys doing? And gals. Yeah, come on. They were doing stuff too. Right. But like uh, nothing ever came of it. They were supposed to sort of like put some restrictions on them and things like that. That didn't happen. You think if they, even if they said they did, do you think they really did? You know what I mean? The restrictions, quote, restrictions. Yeah, I mean, they I just don't even, did it just for show. I don't even know. Maybe that stuff was all just for theatrics anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like this. Yeah. I mean, you hear hearings where they have like, um, what's like Hillary Clinton has, you know, testified at hearings and stuff like that. Nothing yeah. ever happens to any of these people. Right. Right. What was that recent one she, she testified at? I don't remember. It had to do yeah. with what was going on over in, uh, in that embassy over there when they're pretty sure that they just, you know, Sold them out. It was a CIA guy or something got killed over there. He I'm not sure. He was supposed to be an ambassador, I guess, but he was probably worked for some sort of intelligence agency or something like that. But I mean, you know me. I don't keep up with uh, human news, all that. Much, <laughs> so. Actual current events. Yeah. But the point is, is that, you know, the hearings are just, you know, there's no, there's no, it's a production, you know. There's so many people talking about like, and you'll see like, oh, they're going to call them before the blah, blah, blah hearing or the, whatever the committee. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing's coming of it. I know. It's not a trial. They're not going to trial and they're not no. going to get indicted for anything. Yeah. It's not a subpoena. They don't even have to tell the truth. I mean, they might say, <laughs> I mean, they know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get them for like what, perjury or something like that. Maybe, supposedly. Nobody's ever been caught for perjury either because it's not a, it's not a courtroom. Right. You're just talking right. to some asshole. You know, who's not, part of the scam? The whistleblower, you mean? Whoever it is is asking the questions. Part of the oh, committee or I the board you. who's standing over you asking you the questions. Yeah. They're part of the bullshit. So They're it's just, not like Yeah. At the end of the day, they all go hang out, you know, and have a brewski. Yeah. Start a coup somewhere or something. Yeah. Speaking of whistleblower though, that's another term that I I don't know why, it just it just pisses me off hearing it. The just word the term? whistleblower. Oh, I'm a whistleblower. Yeah, and you don't know. Who, I hate it. How many of those uh, whistleblowers are legit either? I know. Like Snowden? Just. I mean, did he really tell us anything that was that most people that were in the know didn't already have knowledge of? Oh, they're watching. They're watching and listening. 
Yeah, no shit. He didn't really. <laughs> yeah. I just, I've read a lot of things. I just get the vibe that he's like, vibe. I just get the vibe <laughs> that he was like, uh, some, you know, a limited hangout kind of a situation. Yeah. You just put somebody out there and he's, he's had to run off to Russia and he's in hiding because the State Department wants him, and, you know. Because of all of his revelations, because of his security breaches, right. he was a low-level nothing, you know. And he said they're listening to, and they're 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 collecting all of this information, your texts, and your phone calls. No shit. We all know this. Yeah, that's. I think uh, Jeff said that the second you got a smartphone, I think you just assumed. I did. You just assumed that that's all just going to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, away somewhere. just before we started recording, we were talking about one of these places. What was the one in Australia I posted on Instagram? Pine Gap. Yep. yep. Part of the Five Eyes, mm-hmm. which is part of a larger program, which is part of the Echelon program. If people aren't aware of that, you should read up on that. Um, there's some information on our Instagram I put up recently. Lots of fun posts there. Put it to you know fun music and things. Make it entertaining. Point is, they're collecting all this data. Right. But this... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's it. Go ahead. I was going to say, to what end? Again, that's my same question, is for what? Well... Maybe I just can't understand what my phone info is doing to assist. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. That's always your thing. Every time I bring something like this up... And most people, most people that aren't uh, tuned in... (laughs) <laughs> to this world yeah, yeah it's uh it, it really is just about data collection okay yeah that that in and of itself is very important it's not you right now it's not you right now because what you're doing well i guess in some ways having a podcast like this where we talk about these things you're kind of a subversive and we're going to be talking about subversives here a little later you're kind of a dissident okay <sighs> Just because you're having this conversation and you're getting this information out there. Right now, you're not a problem to the state, to the powers that be. You're really not. But perhaps one day you could be. Let's say Justin Perlioni decides to run for office one day. This is just a hypothetical, just a, you know, a theoretical <laughs> well, little situation for let's you. Let's just say something's in the works, but go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, well, let's... Your phone, you do everything on your phone now. There's probably all kinds of incriminating stuff on there. Maybe. Not right now, perhaps, but maybe in the future. Because that's the thing. They're always kind of moving the goalposts, too. So you're not really a subversive today, but maybe you are tomorrow. So when people ask that question or when they make that statement, it's an uninformed, ignorant statement to make. Because, yes, you're just using your phone on a daily basis for mostly stupid shit. You're checking an Instagram, you're looking on Twitter, but all these things are documenting and collecting all of your information. And at some point, that could be used against you. Someday, Justin might get the idea that he wants to run for an office. Maybe locally, start doing something. Maybe he wants to challenge the status quo. Which, that's no good. They don't like that. Right. Right. That's, that's where that's the, the problem. And, we're, and that really ties into where we're going to be going with our our episode today right yeah uh, so anyway that's the way you have to look at it even the stuff i have password protected you're saying they can see everything damn it 
everything that you do in the digital realm at yeah. all times, all of that information is being sucked up by these uh, these uh, places like Pine Gap in Australia. These, these networks that collect all this data. <sighs> okay. I guess... Like I guess, like you just said, I'm ignorant to all this side of. But you shouldn't be. I know. I know. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, what what are we doing? Well, here? Th- that's what I'm saying. I think it's your job to get that point across. I'm more of a reptilians living in an underground <laughs> base kind of guy. You know, I'm a little reptilians living in an underground base guy too. See, that's where just a little bit. We kind of cross paths a little. Our our diagram kind of crosses very 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 minutely our in the Vin, middle our Venn diagram Venn I was too scared to say it because I wasn't <laughs> sure if I had it just right Sven diagram Sven diagram yeah it's okay uh, we're gonna make mistakes yeah we don't there's no editing here we no. just roll very with minimal very very minimal. minimal yeah we will take out the occasional when it yeah. gets so bad but uh, so anyway yeah it's just about collecting the data and at some point Maybe not now, maybe not ever. Be used against you. But also right. uh, beyond that, it's just knowing what the peasants are doing. It's knowing what the serfs are doing as a whole. As not, a whole, it's not a yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it's uh, incredibly useful to know what a group of people in a region are thinking and doing. That's incredibly useful information to governments and uh, the intelligence community and corporations, and the banking industry. Do you see how this kind of works now? Why this can all be... A lot, of it's, so. a lot of it's just innocent enough. They just want to sell you some shit. Right, right. That's in full force right now, full effect. Everybody's aware of that one. Everybody knows yeah. that. Consume, yeah. buy, mm-hmm. uh, economies entirely based upon that. Mm-hmm. But then how can they manipulate you further with that information? How can they make it work in their favor? And that's 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 the point of all that. So I hope when I bring this shit up, or you bring this shit up, we never, you never say that again. <laughs> I probably will. Because you know, I don't know why they're collecting they my data. What are you going to get from my phone? What does it matter if they do this or that? It matters. It matters, Justin. I I understand that. I'm asking for the people out there, for the folks at home. I got you. I yeah, got you. You know, we got new listeners with every episode, so you know, I gotta, I gotta pretend. Perhaps they're saying the the very same thing. Maybe they're wondering, what does it matter? Yeah, who gives a shit? You're looking at my Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. You're 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 collecting my phone calls, my text messages. Well, you know, again, maybe it doesn't matter today, but shit goes south. Walls keep closing in like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, people do become a little subversive. Maybe right. they decide to start an organization where they want to uh, kind of buck the system a little bit, start fighting back. Rebel. You can very quickly knock that out. Yeah, from the inside. From the inside. Mm-hmm. Intelpro mm-hmm. is a good example of that. Always talking about, I need a document, I need a document. Mm-hmm. This is another good example. Our episode today as well as the whole COINTELPRO thing when that thing happened because they just broke into an FBI office and stole a bunch of documents and then they discovered that they were subverting all of these organizations and groups for decades the FBI was so you see where a document comes in really handy 
because it told them everything they needed to know. Yeah. Who these people were. This person was placed in this organization or this group to subvert it, right? So if you had like a, a, a peaceful protest somewhere and they've got somebody that's working for the FBI, they start some shit, get violent, start breaking stuff, then everybody starts doing it. Then the police can come in and break it all to pieces, you see? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That all came from a document, you see? Yeah, yeah. I guess when I get on you for liking documents so much. <laughs> to qualify every fucking thing I say. What I mean <laughs> is the stuff that they give you to, to keep keep you happy. Oh, the releases. Yeah, those, I don't buy those at all. Maybe it's truthful, but it's what they don't give a shit about, what doesn't matter. They, they're still keeping secrets. Well, I mean, it's mostly, it's mostly crap. Right. It's mostly crap. Right. Like there was the massive JFK file dump, you know? Yeah. 13,000, 14,000. Most of it's just administrative junk mm-hmm. that means nothing. But people can, you know, spend some time, look through these things and connect some dots. You did tell me that. They found like one little tiny sentence in a, a couple page of things. 1,340. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, you know, with a PDF, you know, thankfully you can kind of go through and do word searches, you know? Yeah. So if you kind of have a basis uh, uh, or, you know, a foundation to look at something or to to know where you're going, you can possibly find something. Yeah. Uh, people did make some connections with certain things that were had kind of already been known, but uh, it's good to it just it just helps you know kind of complete the image of what you may have already had some information on or or kind of know about. So that's that's always a good thing, right? But we're gonna see in our episode today when we get to it, Operation Condor, that the documents were very important in piecing together the whole picture, well, at least a good portion of it, of what happened in South America during Operation Condor. Yeah, those documents were pretty... uh, I I mean, I I guess the term fucked up would be (laughs) a good, (laughs) good way to describe it. Horrifying. A lot of them, too. The mountain... See those pictures of them sitting on it? Like the, it's insane. It looks like stuff was just thrown in there. Yeah. Like they were kept in various places. I don't know if they sort of just were collected there and thrown into that. You know, that police station. Is that we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it later. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Yeah. But right now we're just getting through the bullshit. And through the bullshit. Did you? I mean, um, oh, it was something I was going to ask you about, and uh, this is a good time because it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about later. So, uh, I was I was talking before we started recording the ash conformity test or the ash conformity experiments. Yeah, had you ever heard of that before? Nope, uh, I hadn't either. So this past week, uh, stumbled across something, and I posted a video of it. Uh, some of the old test footage from the looked like the nineteen seventies, maybe early nineteen eighties. It's a very simple test. While uh, we're here doing the old Dirty 30, I thought I'd bring it up and share this information with people just so they know what it is. I like it. First, I'm going to start with the textbook definition from Wikipedia, which, by the way, probably heavily controlled by the CIA. No. (laughs) It's a good place to start, though. It's like like your chat GPT. It's Mm. a good place to start to see what it comes up with. Right. Which, by the way... Told you I used that this week uh, and and recently on some of the notes just to kind of 
gauge, probe, yeah. see what it would say about Operation Condor. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt a little like, I don't know, it's only doing, it's only trying to do as good as the information that's been provided to it, I guess. Yeah. But there was some bias in there for something that's supposed to be, because there, you know, certain things, information that's been, it's come to light over the years should have been included in these bullet points and yeah. fun facts. I kept getting, uh, my, my last knowledge update was September, 2021. So unfortunately I can't give you any newer information. Yeah. Some of those, I got the same, yeah. I got the same one, but, uh, I will just say that that like Wikipedia, definitely you can start there just to see what it provides you. But there's, I'm already seeing some bias. The information is limited. Uh, you're going to have to go back to books again. Uh, those darn things. Uh. <laughs> They've been like, in, you know, with Operation Condor, I pulled from probably four to five books over the course of, geez, the past three decades. So, you know, individuals reporting boots on the ground kind of a situation in South America when stuff like this was going on. That. I guess that information is just not there yet, but it was useful. We're going to, you know, I was able to pull some basic stuff that works for the podcast format today from it. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, going back to the ash conformity experiments, it's just a good representation, a good, basic, simple, concise experiment, a little test uh, that's used in psychology Uh that was uh, directed by Solomon Ash, studying if and how individuals yielded to or defied a majority group uh, and the effect of such influences on beliefs and opinions. So the simple test is basically this. You can watch these videos on YouTube. They get like five or six people in there. Most of the people, except for one, four or five of them, are all part of the experiment. They know what's going on. And they're supposed to agree with one another. So the whole point of this is to prove how quickly people will join the group, right? They'll, they don't want to be left out of the herd. And I just, it's a fascinating thing to watch because you've got the one person that's part of this little experiment. They're in there thinking they're doing something else, mm-hmm. that there's another purpose to this experiment. The uh, person conducting the test will hold up a, a board or whatever. And on this board with this, you know, it's got lines, three or four lines and they're numbered. And they're supposed to basically just match the line, the length of the line. There's this line that's this length, then you go one, two, or three, right? So then they get everybody, they're doing the correct line. Then they change, and everybody starts doing the wrong line on purpose. So the one person that's not part of this, that doesn't know what's going on, just to conform, they prove that practically every time the person is like, and you can see it in the in the video, the old film footage, they're watching, they're like confused, but because they they question their own yeah. what they see with their eyes yeah. which is clear as day you can see that this line is not as long as this line but mm-hmm. everybody's saying it they decide to go with it anyway yeah they don't want to be the odd man out they don't want to be the odd man out so the point of this as i've been telling people and sharing this information is it's good ammo for you keep this shit locked and loaded when one of these sons of bitches is trying to get you to wave a flag or put on a mask yeah or you know, oh, this particular war or this whatever. Tell them to fuck off. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to see that stuff and to stumble across that stuff. Yeah, that is interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah. 
And there's a lot, like I said, on YouTube, a lot of old footage. What's that other experiment? I shouldn't even bring it up because it's, again, I know the headline version, uh, where they put all the students or the people in a school or a building and then some st- students were in charge of the others or something like that and they just became raging assholes. They went like psycho because they were in charge and mentally that got uh, that group kicked into gear over this other group. See, this happens again. Does it have to do with that, like, just people wanting to become little dictators? Yeah. As they kind of did when the whole mask thing kicked out? Like, it's... uh, Yeah. What what the hell was it called? Ah, well. I don't know what it's called, but uh, very quickly people will, you know, divide up into groups, right? Yeah. And and, uh, alliances will form and things like that. Have you found it? The third wave... Does that sound familiar to you? It doesn't to me. I don't. I'm not prepared. I don't know what that is, but I. it's just easy to see how, how quickly people want to conform no, this, to no, the group. No, this isn't it. Which makes me sick. Makes me want to vomit. <laughs> how pathetic. You know? Oh, you know, I guess this is, yeah, the wave. Yes. How weak da, 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 da. we are. Yeah, group pressure that pervaded many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, yeah, same kind of deal. Group pressure. And you just become a little asshole. Well, you just want to. You just want to in be, that experiment. You don't want to be uh, cast out, right? Right. So right. That's what you see in these these experiments. Which, uh, if you don't know, if you're going in there, for example, and you think you're part of some other sort of experiment, and you notice everybody's giving the same wrong answer, would you? Do you feel like you would be the one to conform, or would you stick to your guns? Uh, I feel like inside, I would be like. What am I doing? an asshole here? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. but I f- Why is everybody saying the wrong? Clearly, this is not the right one. Yeah. And they keep doing it repeatedly. But then what I would think, though, is maybe I must, most likely, I misunderstood the directions here. <laughs> so I'm going to go along with what everybody else is saying. I probably would. That could be it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I would think. I have zero self-confidence. And that's going to be my first thought. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think like you. I'd like to think, but then that, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about the, well, maybe I misunderstood the directions. Am I looking for the line that's just shorter than yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Did I forget? I'm going to look like an idiot. If I say, yeah, and if I, catch, yeah, if I just keep sticking to it like every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But I think it's, I think what the point that does prove too is that it's such a simple experiment that's probably not a concern because it's such a simple. Yeah. All you have to do is pick the line that is the same length as the other line. So I don't think that would have been, again, proving the point even harder that right. people want to conform and be part of the herd. So the uh, you know yeah. you got to put the flag sticker on your car and all that slacktivism uh, that you're that you brought up so many times. Yeah, that's the point of it too. It's like it's uh, it's so controlled now. You know, people think they're doing something with. And by that, they think they're part of the group because they do this or do that, put on a mask, and the way they like yeah. to subvert and kind of turn people on one another, you know, and create groups. It's amazing to watch it in action. Yeah. And once you it, see it, things it, like this and get little things like this, little tidbits of knowledge that you slowly pick up along the way, you're just like, it becomes so obvious, you know? Yeah. It's just when you, you can pick it out right. and you can see it. God, yeah. it feels good, too. Yeah. To know you're right. But then you say that to them and then they all pile onto you about you being an idiot. Good. I want them to. I know, but then you just, that's how you get the YouTube videos, you know? 
next, like that woman on the plane. I bet you that guy that that she he actually was a reptilian. He was a reptilian. He probably wasn't real, but everybody's that's okay. She's an idiot, you know. Everybody turned piled on piled on her. Yeah, she's yeah. probably drunk. No, it's okay. No, she probably was though. I guess right. Possibly, something was going on there. Yeah, she's probably you know. What's going on with all that? On the drugs, or, perhaps? Why is the, the airline business getting chaotic all of a sudden? You I don't know. Airport employees getting naked, running through the baggage claim areas, and Anxiety, fights on planes. stress, fear. But it's been there always, hasn't it? I mean, I guess it's getting worse, but more crowded. Air, air, airplane flying has always sucked. Yeah, it's. I guess it's super miserable now. Yeah, I haven't I flown so. in three years, so. Yeah. Me either, but maybe I'm the wrong. We're the wrong people to be. I just know wondering. that when I fly, I immediately go into basically like shutdown mode. Yeah, and just I'm ready to get screwed over the moment I walk <laughs> in the door. Yeah, I expect that. Like I don't expect anything to go right from the moment I get there until I'm at my destination. I expect everything to go wrong, and more often than not, that is a correct way to look at it. Yeah. The only thing that goes correct is the flight itself, and then everything else around it. Yeah, is awful. And, you know that can even be you know. Well, but there's the delays. Well, yeah, lost luggage. Delays, but, you yeah. getting you know. Right. I don't know. What I don't know. We were talking about this before we started recording too. Just maybe possibly doing an episode on fear and anxiety. Talking about that, it'd be nice to talk to somebody who was in the know. Yeah, uh, it's fascinating because I know everybody's feeling it. And maybe in those situations where you're herded through lines and just people, you know, crack, you know, they just lose their shit. And yeah. I guess maybe there's more cameras now. The surveillance state. And when you see cameras on you, it just pisses you off even more. So you get yeah. just more truthful. I'm I'm seeing stuff constantly in regards to that. Yeah. Surveillance state stuff that's really just... It's making me anxious. It's making me mad, right? Like the one that uh, I, I posted uh, on our Instagram, which was the uh, the hand scanner at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one with I the? Saw uh, that. This, yeah, that was the useful idiot. The useful idiot. Yeah. Which you know people may not be familiar with that term either, but that's an actual term used for people that promote this shit, because you can assume that this, well, in the. In the age that we live in now, social media, using like the TikToks and all that bullshit, they use the influencers. Influencers mm-hmm. are not a new thing. They've been using these idiots for years and years and years, decades and decades and decades. It goes all the way back to Edward Bernays, probably goes all the way back to Rome and the beginning of time. You use celebrities or people now and what yep. would be like people just going to the Whole Foods, like a normal video, like a husband and wife couple, a family. And they think, by God, what a wonderful idea this is. Now we can, we've got our Amazon account connected to Whole Foods, and all i got to do is put my hand on this scanner. Yeah. It's made life so easy, right? Same with the cashless society, right? Right. They're saying not cashless. It's, the wording is always, you have to watch the wording too. Cash free. You're free, Justin. You're free. You're not shackled anymore to yeah. cash. Yeah. It's brilliant, right? But the uh, that that video has been kind of popping around quite a bit. I was going to give that definition too, just because I think it's fascinating that that actually exists. Yeah, the uh, useful idiot mm-hmm. term. 
Uh, in political jargon, a useful idiot is a term currently used to reference a person perceived as propagandizing for a cause, particularly a bad cause, originating from a devious, ruthless source, without fully comprehending the cause's goals and who is cynically being used by the cause's leaders. The term was often used during the Cold War to describe non-communists. Communist gets thrown around all over the place. Don't worry about that. We're going to see it a lot here today. Uh, regarded as susceptible to communist propaganda and manipulation. So the point is they'll use these fucking idiots like this dummy in this video. And then in extreme examples, in years past, decades past, when operations have taken place, after they've used this useful idiot, they eliminate the useful idiot with all the other subversives, right? So they get rounded up and thrown out of the plane. I was just going to say that. Atlantic yeah. Ocean too, right? Yeah. So that's just an important uh, little point there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Tied up. Drugged. Yeah. That's the important part here. Tied up first, then throw down a plane. Throwed? Tossed. Yeah, there we go. Chucked. Let go. Yeah. Rolled out of. Oof, it's rough. With some weights. Uh, yeah. Well. So you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not, not, no. I mean, nothing of any. Substance? Nah. I mean, you sent me that thing of your boy, Graham Hancock, getting banned from wherever the hell he's getting banned from. I hate to admit this right now because you looked at me like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that was just a podcast he did, right? With oh, I don't know. This is what I'm. This is what I don't want to admit to you right now, live. <laughs> Banned. I just looked at it on, in the text. I didn't actually click on it. Oh, okay. You didn't actually watch it. <laughs> no, no. I, it's not about him getting banned. Oh, I mean, that's it's what, just the general thing. That about was the, the topic. The Netflix stuff. It had nothing to do. Gotcha. With it. gotcha. He's not actually been banned from anything. Oh, uh, okay. I'll edit that part out. But the you're talking. Did you watch any of the actual interview with him? None. He was fired up, man. Yeah. He was fired up. Like defending himself, fired up. Yeah, just uh, talking about everything. Just talking about everything. He was just in a fired up kind of okay. mood. Okay, all right. He was rocking and rolling, I, man. I guess I can go back and watch it. it I thought you liked him because you've talked about enjoying his podcast with with Joe Rogan. Yeah, I mean it is very interesting, but I'm nowhere near the level of fanboy that you are for him. No, nah. you've hugged the man. We've embraced. Yeah, I've never. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yep. Yep. I bet he is. I'm not saying he's not. I just thought there would be something to that, so I jotted it down here to discuss. But Right. I was hoping you'd, you'd go with it, but he didn't really get banned from anything. No, no, that wasn't. You don't just want to read. That was a probably a title used to suck yeah. people in to actually watch the episode. It almost worked on me. I, I didn't fall for it. I just assumed they were having a talk with him, which is what happened. Which is what it was. Okay. Well. It was just a little chat. Just a little chat. And it's a good one, too. It was like three hours or something almost. Yeah. I sent that to you a week ago. I assume you probably. No, no. Well, next time, huh? Next time. It's definitely, I won't bring it up on here again unless I have watched it. You need to vet some of your information. God damn, do I really. Wait, before you get here, before we get to this point. Especially like in just conversation, like with with Nathan, I brought up whatever the hell I brought up (laughs) and I, yeah. What the hell did I bring up? I don't even remember now. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's just, I, I know that, I know the headline versions of a lot of shit. I want you to start digging deeper. 
We all want you to start digging deeper. I know. Don't I we? Know. Don't I, we, everyone? I want to. But it's just, sometimes it's just so hard. I understand. Well, I don't think I have anything else. So uh, would you like to call it on the old Dirty 30 here and we can uh, start? I like it. All I right. Dig it. So, yeah. Anyway, today, you saw the title already. We're going to be talking about Operation Condor. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, interested in the conspiracy world at all, you no doubt have heard of Operation Condor. Operation Condor, however, is not a conspiracy. It's not conspiracy theory. It's history. And uh, it's just we're going to be recounting some of that history today, doing our, the best that we can anyway. There's so much to this operation because it ran for several decades and uh, a lot of the dates and stuff that we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, they're probably somewhat dubious. We're, we're just ballparking this thing. We do have some facts and information for you because it actually happened. If right. you were to tell people about this a few decades ago, they would say you're a nut. There's no way this could have possibly happened. That is true. But uh, it is history. And uh, as a wise person once stated so eloquently in regards to history, hey... That shit happened. All right. So take a little break and come back and do Absolutely. Uh, OpCon. That's what I've been calling it. That's good. All right. We'll see you in a little bit. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're going to be talking about Operation Condor. Oh, yeah. And I have some of the basics right here. Operation Condor, written, directed, starring Jackie Chan, 1991 release, right? <laughs> right, right. Is that right. what we're talking about? Uh, Three Days the Condor, starring Robert Redford. <laughs> 1974, yep. I think, was when that came out. Yep. No, no, no. We're talking about the state-sponsored terror program that ran through South America. And not just South America, but in uh, other parts of the world as well. And we're going to... There's a lot of information. So we're going to be doing this by the numbers today. Okay? God. By the numbers. It could be somewhat tedious. I you hope take you the all... lead with the number. I'll just say, yep. That's that. Uh, that. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> that sounds right. Well, that's uh, that's completely fine. As far as I'm concerned, not I. You know, we we we're trying to just walk that fine line of entertainment and information. And sometimes, you know, it swings one way, it swings another. I don't want to get too uh, too wacky with something like this because it's it's such a dark period of history. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not in a cracking joke kind of mood. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so. But that's kind of our thing. Not that I'm going to do that. I'm not going to in any way. You really. do. I'll, tr I'll tell you what I can do. I'll, I'll see what I can do. You start talking. I'll punch some jokes in there every I'll once in a while. Play it straight and not try to bore you with so many facts. I have a stack of papers here. <sighs> I think that's the thickest stack of notes I've ever seen you have for an episode. Yeah, well, I just want to have more, you know, and uh, not necessarily yeah. need them. And if I didn't have them, and I did, 
It's like five packets. <laughs> They're like stapled and highlighted. And organized. Jeez. And we're probably not going to get to most of them just because we may have to, you know what we may have to do? We have to make this like, and not necessarily going to a part two right away, but make this Operation Condor part one. Right? Okay. Or volume one. That's not bad. That's not a bad idea. It's also a guaranteed part episode two. at some point. Yeah, a later episode. Yeah. In fact, we may do that today, just as we're going here, because it's going to be a lot of information. We want to keep it down to an hour, hour and a half, the whole episode, so yeah. we'll see what happens. Anyway, starting, like I said, going by the numbers here, I'm just going to tell you what the textbook definition of what Operation Condor was. Would you like to hear that? I would love it. Operation Condor was a United States-backed campaign of political repression and state terror involving intelligence operations, CIA-backed coup d'etats, as well as assassinations of left-wing socialist leaders in Latin South America from 1968 to 1989. Again, those dates may be somewhat dubious. Not Not sure exactly when it started, when it stopped, if it actually ever even stopped. Um... Highly publicized events such as the assassination of Cuban revolutionary Che Guevara by CIA-backed Bolivian forces October 67 have been perceived as catalysts that predated the operation. Operation Condor was officially and formally implemented in November 1975 by the right-wing dictatorships of the southern cone of South America. Due to its clandestine nature, the precise number of deaths directly attributable to Operation Condor is highly disputed. Again, we're talking about numbers and figures today. We don't exactly know how many. We've just got a basic kind of an idea. Some estimates are that at least 60,000 deaths can be attributed to Condor with up to 30,000 of these in Argentina. Um, The archives of terror list, which we sort of briefly mentioned earlier, talking about documents, files, how these come into play, how they are useful in uh, being able to find things out. The archives of terror list, uh, about 50,000 killed, 30,000 disappeared. We can assume that also uh, means killed as well. Mm-hmm. And about 400,000 people were in prison. 400,000 people imprisoned. I'd also like to just very quickly go back to the left-wing socialist leaders. The, the terminology, uh, subversives, dissidents. Uh, if you just don't toe the party line, anybody can be labeled yeah. a dissident, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So when they say that, or, or, or communist influence, I think that was another big one you would see oftentimes attributed to Operation Condor is the communist influence that's moving throughout South America. That's not really the case. Time has passed. You can really just sort of see that these people were professors in colleges. They yeah. were activists in some cases, doctors, people that just spoke out. Can I throw in a fun fact before you continue? And this is kind of a fun fact. Okay. You familiar with the actor Pedro Pascal? The name rings a bell. He's the, the Mandalorian guy. I got you. Uh, his parents, they were, they were on the run from all this going, going on. They were political dissidents down there. Oh, really? Yep. So that's what they fled to America with him. And now we have the Mandalorian. Wow. So... That's pretty. That's just you know interesting. Somebody has firsthand experience, and look at him. Look at him now succeeding against all odds. Right. Just I don't know something to think about. That's all I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to that on the Smartless podcast if you're interested. 
Oh, you picked that up somewhere on another uh... another podcast. It's a little known podcast that is not not big and huge and massive at all. Like this one, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. They'll get there. Yeah. Later. So, um, yeah, just just like we will. I'm hoping one day. I'm in talks right now with HBO to get a documentary series like nice. Smartless Scott. So that's exciting. We'll do some live shows. It'll be good. Just as entertaining. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. You had a good flow going. Did I? Yeah. Now, I assumed you were taking it over, and I was going to look for something else to say. Oh, damn it all. <laughs> I mean, I can give you a... You already gave... See, most of my notes here, you already got you had the countries involved, how many dead... Right, right, right. We're going to get to all that. Okay. All right. Um. So, yeah. Additionally, Amer- well, forget it. I'm going to read the rest of that. <laughs> done. Done. That whole, that whole thing is done. I mentioned the Archives of Terror, though. Right. So the Archives of Terror being the uh, was a collection of documents chronicling some of the illicit activities undertaken, again, textbook definition. So we're all on the same page here, mm-hmm. right? By Paraguayan dictator Alfredo Strassner. I'm going to be butchering some names today. Secret police force. The documents have since been used in attempts to prosecute Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet, and in several human rights cases in Argentina and Chile. Collection of files proved the existence of Operation Condor. There it is. Proved the existence mm-hmm. of Operation Condor. These files, these documents were found. And they were able to uh, confirm that this was actually taking place. A yeah. CIA clandestine campaign of state terror and political repression in countries throughout Latin America, Latin and South America. The documents were originally found on December 22nd, 1992. So you can imagine for all this time, mm-hmm. none of these things were known. Yep. By and a lawyer. You, uh, can I interrupt there for a second? Sure. If you're interested in watching them discover it, in that documentary I watched, Investigating Operation Condor on Amazon, you can watch them load it all into the truck, find this oh, room. Okay. This was like a real time. Yeah. Yep. They were they were documenting while they were there. Yeah, the, the Dr. Martin Almada and the Judge Jose Agustin Fernandez, those two guys that found it, they, right. uh, they are a big part of that documentary. It is very interesting. In a police station in Lambare, Lambare yeah. a suburb of a Paraguayan capital, Asisión. Asisión. Fascinating. Yeah. So you got a whole room, and if you, you go online too, you can uh, Google image or whatever the images of yeah. this room and like you said there it, there wasn't a filing cabinet to be found they're just it thrown just in there chucked in there haphazardly yeah and just piles and piles and so they've spent you know decades now going through all these uh, yeah. files and that's what was bringing about some of these um, and I'm not entirely sure if they were able to successfully indict any of these uh, dictators because, you know, they even the dictators, it's kind of an important point. It's like the useful idiots. Even dictators, uh, when we install them, like with a, a CIA-run coup d'etat, they're kind of like useful idiots themselves. Yeah. They'll, you know, they're, they're working with you now, and you've been installed into power, but at some point, there's no guarantee that, you know, the winds aren't going to shift right. and they're going to come after you. And of course, at that point, they don't give a shit. If it's three decades later, you know, most of those guys are dead anyway. Yeah. But, you know, they take it because they're getting put into power mm-hmm. now yep. in the here and now. So it's just kind of interesting Yeah. to see how the dictators uh, in all these countries 
are are used pieces in the game, you know. Right. So anyway, it's um very important uh, find of documents there, and uh, that sort of gives you like a, a a base, a foundation of what Operation Condor was. Um, real quick, just going to talk about the like the dictators and the countries that were involved. Okay, so this wasn't like um, just happening in one country, like your like your Bolivia or whatever, right? Argentina. This was happening. All throughout South America, they were working together. Uh, a lot of the intelligence intelligence infrastructure, a lot of the communication infrastructure, was all provided by the CIA. I guess that would have been their their main role in in Operation Condor. I guess mm-hmm. would have been that primarily. I'm sure they worked in coordinating things too. Uh, you know the coordination efforts that were used, but. Um, so, like, just to give you the idea of who was involved, the countries and stuff, there was Augusto Pinochet, and he was in uh, Chile, or Chile. Chile. Uh, Pinochet was the military dictator of Chile from Chile from 73 to 90, coming to power through a coup that overthrew the democratically elected socialist president, Salvador Allende. Uh, Pinochet's regime was one of the key players in Operation Condor, played a significant role in coordinating actions with other military dictatorships. He's a big one. He's number one he's, when they yeah. look at this stuff. He's the big boy. Uh, another one was Alfredo Strassner. Assuming I'm not saying his name correctly, he was in Paraguay. Uh, ruled Paraguay from 54 to 89. These people were in place for a long time, making him one of the longest-serving dictators in South American history. Uh, George Rafael. Do you have the names as well on your own list? Yep. Jorge Rafael Videla. Videla. Thank you for taking that. <laughs> He was the uh, military dictator of Argentina, right? From 76 to 81. Yep. Short-lived reign. <laughs> Just a few years. Yep. I'm sure they put somebody else in, though, that uh, was uh, sympathetic to the cause. Uh, um, Rafael Trujillo. Uh, he was in the Dominican Republic here. We're outside of South America. This is Southern Cone, South America. It wasn't entirely there, although not directly involved in the Southern Cone countries. Uh, Trujillo's regime in the Dominican Republic had a history of collaboration with intelligence agencies from some of the countries participating in Condor. This collaboration served to share information and at times to aid in the capture and uh, rendition of political distance. So that's an important note before we just move on real quick. Not all of this was taking place. This isn't a terribly vexed exclusive or anything. This wasn't just taking place in South America, which you'll see later. It was also, I I think from what I've read in some of the documents, it was supposed to be like a phase three, which was going to take place in France and Portugal. I don't know if you saw anything like that. I did not see any of that. Yeah. And of course, the the bombing that we'll get to later that took place in D.C., Mm -hmm. that was, happened in the U.S. So Operation Condor was active in the U.S. That's the craziest part of it to me is that it happened there in Washington, D.C., of all places. Like it's No less. Yeah, no less. (laughs) Right. So it's important to know that that, did it ever end, this type of situation, this uh, operation? Probably not. And was it just active in one place, even though it's been attributed mostly to South America? No, negative. That's not, it's going all over the place. And you think about it, you've got Malcolm X getting assassinated, in the 60s, you've got, you know, RFK, you've got JFK, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Martin Luther King, 
you've got all these other dissidents, right? Right, right. Just like the people in South America being taken out. So it, they don't really care what office you hold. Okay, so like clearly There's the president... no office too high. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Operation Condor comes to the U.S. Yep. It's all over the place. Um, so that was uh, Rafael Trujillo. Uh, Hugo Banzer. Can I just jump in here real quick? Yes. Coolest name ever? Hugo Banzer? That's an awesome name. It's pretty cool. I saw that. He's the uh, dictator of Bolivia from 71 to 78. I found that uh, that name. In 1997 to 2001. Hmm. I don't have that here. <laughs> His regime was an active participant in Operation Condor, contributing to intelligence sharing and supporting joint operations against, quote, leftist movements and I, activists. Activists. I do have that. I have that part. Perfect. And then Brazil as well played a part in this. Do you have that one in your Emilio... How do you pronounce that last name? They're so... Uh, Medici? Medici? Medi- Medici? Medi- Is that Brazil? Uh-huh. That's uh, according to my notes here. He's a dictator of Brazil from 69 to 74, and his government actively participated in Operation Condor, collaborating with other South American countries to track and eliminate political opponents. So you've got a, you know varying accounts of how many countries were involved, but you kind of get the basic idea. Chile, Paraguay, Argentina, the Dominican Republic, loosely involved somehow. Bolivia, big one, Brazil, um, and of course... Uh, some other possible countries that could have had some things happening in them, like France and Portugal and obviously the U.S. So I have another key player. I don't know if you're going to get this to later, maybe, but yeah, go uh, ahead. It's on my list. Henry Kissinger. Of course. He's in, a big boy. Yeah, of course. In this whole thing. I'm sure you have more on that. Uh, to say I have more on that I know. would be an incorrect okay. assessment. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if you didn't include him in the list of key players because you had more later on. Well, or... I was just sort of focusing on the people that were in those countries in that there. were the okay. dictators. Okay. I mean, okay. if people, uh, once they go to our show notes and kind of look through some of perhaps the reading material that we pulled from, yep. you're going to see Kissinger's name popping yep. up all over the place. Um, he was like the guy that approved this whole deal to start right and that was his one of well no doubt an upper guy in that process yeah working yeah. in collaboration with because the whole point of operation condor they like to you know say it's they were controlling or you know subduing any sort of communist uh upheavals mm-hmm. any sort of you know leftist movements that's for the most part rubbish it's nonsense this this basically was an operation to secure uh, natural resources, business interests. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the the broader scope here of what was happening, because what you're going to see in a lot of the books that were have been published over the years, a lot of people that the journalists and stuff that did research, uh, you're going to see things like the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, and when you when there's a foundation, okay. A foundation, in this instance, and probably most of them, they have a nefarious purpose when they're in a country. They're not really there uh, for their promoted sort of philanthropy. Right. Sure, they'll do some nice things. Mm-hmm. Sure, they'll will they'll 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 set up a nice food bank. You know, maybe they'll have some medical care that they'll provide the people, some capacity. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Just enough to you know. 
say that's Just, why we're here. That's the image that they put <laughs> right. out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why we're here. But that's not the real reason why they're there. They're actually there to help with these coup d'etats and these installing of dictators and funding death squads yeah. and uh, yeah. secret police forces. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice, clean way to get money into a country so that you can use it for your nefarious purposes. Whatever devious plan you've got. Say some country's got a nice uh, natural resource that you'd like to capitalize on. Oil is uh, one you'll see in, in, in some uh, circumstances. Works today, obviously. There's a lot of that stuff going on in the Middle East. Right. 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 So you'll have these foundations and uh, their purposes are are not what they project themselves no. to be. Yeah. You're reading something. I'm right? trying to, f- you know, it's just, this is my plan in the, for future. I think we just discussed this. Before I start talking, I want to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it, it looks better, I think, as a whole. On paper. Right, right. But uh, there was a name for that. For su- You said Death Squad, and there was a name of a Death Squad that Pinochet created, and I can't, for the life of me, was I don't have it in my notes here. The Battalion something, something 601? Some, some, no, no. That was one of them, too. Yeah, though. but it was something something Death Squad, and it sounded scary. Well, and, uh, I'll yeah. find it. I'll find it. it. I know it's in my notes here somewhere. It is a state-sponsored operation of terror, so. Yeah, a lot of death squads. Lots of squads death squads. Squads of death. So, you know, what did they do? Before we just hop into the, the chronology here, what did they do to people? What were some of the things that were that these organizations were doing as they were collaborating with one another, right? So, like, some of the objectives of Condor, right? Coordinated repression, kidnappings, forced disappearances, basically just, you know, lots of torture centers. Yeah. Uh, and in that uh, documentary, Investigating Operation Condor, you get to meet an old torturer guy. All right. I sent you that video clip. Yes. What a doucher. I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school here. He was a <laughs> douche. Talking about torturing people, and uh, I believe it was until they breathe out of their ass. I think, is that what he was talking about? So that was like a waterboarding situation. Right, right, right. Yeah. They die, what do you say? They die like cows die. They, they breathe out their ass. And it's the look on his face. He was uh, a little too happy. Oh, he was still so pleased. How he would, uh, I mean, you know, turn on his brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. his own people, and have no remorse. I can only assume because, in part... He was part of the military, whatever. But at the same time, he was, you know, it's not very, it's not very difficult to make somebody, either you join us and you're with us or you're against us. So it could have been very easily him or his own family that was, yeah. yep. you know. So torture centers, uh, and these were, again, hidden all over the place. Uh, lots of assassination abroad. Just taking people out anywhere and everywhere. Of course, the, the, just the attack on the on civil society. Everybody's anxiety. Everybody's you know fearful of what's going to happen next. Especially if they had family members, they they would take family members. If you could question somebody, you could get their whole family, their friends, anybody that they were part of some sort of a group. Um, 
electric shock was uh you know one of the torture methods waterboarding lots of beating sexual abuse rape was, yeah um stress positions is an interesting one just i guess that Detainees were forced to maintain uncomfortable positions for prolonged periods, such as standing on tiptoes or crouching with arms extended. This caused extreme physical discomfort and muscle fatigue, obviously. Yeah, and then that documentary, again, going back to that, they do they walk you through one of the old buildings, which is now just like a police state. It's something, just a normal building, but back then it was used for all these, these torture rooms. And they said they could hear the screams of their family in the other room getting tortured. And they show like a, a room that... You know, it's like a foot wide. They just made this little section. You have to stand there. You can't sit down for hours, days. I think they had like mock executions. Yeah. So you can only imagine the amount of uh, fear that that would create. Mm -hmm. And I assume by mock mock executions, they're talking about like taking people out. They you think you're about to be executed, and then they don't. Or they put you back in your cell. Yeah. Or or whatever. But there was also like you know solitary confinement for. God knows how long, yeah, um, and then just the the numerous disappearances and stuff like that, yeah. Which you know, I guess we could kind of talk about one of the methods that they use were the death flights. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people, have, you know, if you're familiar with this at all, that's one of the more grotesque and terrifying things were the death flights. Yep. Oh yeah, and I have an article here, and uh, they were talking about how the United States sold Argentina military planes for that. <laughs> like, so they were such God, a... I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, and I'll put that in the links. But uh, it's just crazy that... here's You dumping bodies? We got these old planes here. They used to skydive out of them. They're wide open in there. <laughs> They're made to yeah. throw yep. people out. Yep, it's crazy that it, it went that to that level of like... Conven- just for convenience. Here you go. Yeah, there was a it was a quote that I came across in some of my reading, and it was, uh, first we will kill all of these subversives, then we will kill their collaborators, then their sympathizers, then those who remain indifferent, and finally we will kill the timid. <laughs> this is attributed possi- possibly Jesus. to either one of the uh, dictators or just uh, one of the people that was, you know. Now, the, the timid, what does that mean? If you're not really into the cause... If you're just a little, if you're, you're sort of into it, but you're a little shy about, you're just perhaps you know somebody that was just involved in some capacity. Okay, yeah. So the death flights, I assume they use probably helicopters too. But for the most yeah. part, and uh, when you're talking about the death flights, from what you read, did you see? I saw that they would they would drug people. Mm-hmm. So that was one method of getting people to uh, semi-cooperate. Yeah. They, so they, to the to point where they could barely move, they were drugged. They were drugged, and I had read also that they were they they were telling them that okay, we've had you in captivity for however long. We're going to set you free. Yeah. And we're but we have to vaccinate you, to, but to go to this other country where we're where you can start a new life or whatever. You, you know, we've we've gotten everything that we're going to get from you. So they would drug them, mm-hmm. and this is how they would get them to, I guess, essentially cooperate. So they would shoot them up with some sort of a drug. They would essentially knock the person out, and uh, then they would either fly them over rivers, over the the rainforest, into the mountains, out over the Atlantic, and then they would just start throwing people out of the plains. And that was that. That was the, yeah. the, the basic gist of the death flight. I mean... 
it's hard to fathom that this happened. This is hard to, yeah. Again, archives of terror never discovered. They would nobody would believe that this actually happened. Yeah, yeah. And I heard some of them were they were weights. They were had weights attached to them. So when they did hit the water, they were not drugged. They were just they were wide awake. Chains and weights dumped in the ocean. You could kind of want to be drugged in this situation. I would imagine so. So yeah, that was uh, yeah the death flights. And eh, just uh, I guess it might be a good time to sort of go through just a basic chronology of the, some of the major events. If you'd like me to go through some of those. Oh yeah, I was talking about this uh, using the old the old Chat GPT to uh, compile and sort notes. Like I said earlier, it is useful. And uh, for the podcast format, it seems pretty handy just so that you can kind of, you know, get a basic outline just of things. It. Yeah. So some of that was utilized in the creation of this episode. That's all I'm saying. From here on out? To some degree, yes. Yeah, this isn't even us talking right now. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. AI. 100%. So let's see. I guess I could start with 1968, the first discussions and coordination. Again, don't know if this inf- information is completely accurate. We're just giving you a ballpark idea, time frame and whatnot. First discussion coordination for a joint intelligence operation against leftist movements in South America began between military officials from Argentina, Brazil, and Uruguay, kind of the three countries that started this. 73... CIA becomes aware of discussions. I don't know if they became aware of it at that point. They probably knew far before. Uh, who knows? Probably, you know, created the whole thing. Took as far as like it was their, to get it going. their brainchild, right. right? The CIA becomes aware of discussions among South American military leaders about coordinating efforts to eliminate left-wing opposition. The United States supported anti-communist efforts during the Cold War and provided... Uh, Tax, let's see, approval to the Operation Condor country. So they, how does, how do we approve coordination efforts and these operations? We've already got a problem here. It is odd, isn't it? We have no, like I said, these, these people, they, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's always them. They have a, a good long game. So there's, you know, can't just look at these things in like uh, the short term. They, they never do, right? Uh, let's see, September 11th, oh, September 11th of 73, mm-hmm. and then we see that again, isn't that odd? U.S.-backed <laughs> military coup in Chile overthrows President Salvador Allende, leading to the installation of uh, Gusto Pinochet as the dictator. All these guys are working for us. They're on the payroll. They're given power, given money. 74, formal agreements are signed between Argentina, Chile, and Uruguay to coordinate intelligence sharing and joint operations against left-wing groups. Paraguay and Bolivia later join the operation. I've got an interesting little tidbit about Bolivia that we'll get to here in a little while. Uh, 75, the bodies of two Uruguayan legislators who opposed the military regime are found in Buenos Aires, Argentina, highlighting the cross-border nature of the repression. So we're starting to take people out, people that are of importance, not just people that are in activist groups or whatever, yeah. somebody that's going to a protest or whatever. 75, 76, several high-profile assassinations occur, targeting, targeting political opponents and dissidents across South America. These include Orlando Letlier, I'm going to say his name wrong, a former Chilean diplomat, and Ronnie Moffat. That's the one that happened in the United States, happened in D.C. And 
Going on further to 76, Operation Condor's most active phase begins the dictatorships in Argentina, Brazil, and Chile intensify their efforts to track down and eliminate political distance. Guerrillas, left-wing activists, often using torture, kidnappings, extrajudicial killings. Uh, there's, it's lawless at this point, I guess, essentially from the very beginning it was lawless, but they're just, they have free reign now. When you get the backing of the U.S. and the intelligence infrastructure, uh, and they're providing you all kinds of technology to coordinate, and you've got Kissinger saying, it's okay. And you've got, uh, like David Rockefeller Mm -hmm. traveling throughout the countries, telling the dictators who are supposed to be all powerful what to do and how to do it then uh, they're going to do anything to hold on to that power, and they're going to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, March 24th, 76, a military coup in Argentina brings General uh, Rafael Vadela to power, marking a significant escalation in human rights abuses. Uh, 77, Amnesty International publishes a report denouncing the human rights violations committed by the military regimes in South America, drawing international attention to the atrocities. So some of it was starting to make the news to some degree, but they didn't know the full extent, I right, suppose. Right. You've got something to say. No, 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 no. I'm, uh, I'm waiting to jump in. And uh, this just continues on, essentially, for years, all through the 70s and 80s, um, bringing us up to the uh, about 92, the discovery of the archives of terror in Paraguay reveals extensive documentation of Operation Condor's activities, providing evidence of the collaboration, which they weren't aware of up until that point. And in 2000, some legal cases and trials are initiated in some South American countries to hold perpetrators accountable for the human rights abuses committed during Operation Condor. So I don't think anything has ever come of that. Like I said, mm-hmm. dictators kind of used as useful idiots, but I don't think what can you do at that point so many decades later? Yep. I think that people, it's still going on. Like that whole thing, like they did a current day thing in that documentary, and it's still, they're it's still, still trying yeah. to go after it. Yeah. But it's, like you said, it's hard after so, so long. Now, let me ask you this minus the killing and the horrific atrocities, do you kind of feel like, it is somewhat necessary for a country like us to maybe control who's in charge of our neighbors. <laughs> maybe you want in a perfect world you wouldn't need that, of course. But it's you know this world is pretty fucking far from perfect. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Do you think minus the killing, installing your own leaders in other countries that are connected to us? They're not really connected to us. What do you mean? The countries aren't really connected to us. Uh, out in the open. Secretly, they are. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I meant like land. Like touching, oh. touching us. You know, we're on the same strip. Our neighbors. I think you would uh, make a great, hardcore, <laughs> right-wing, war hawk, conservative... I am just saying, I see how it El Presidente may, yourself. I'm going to use this this term again. A nice, You'd make a nice dictator. There are necessary evils in this world. It's unfortunate. Yes. It's very unfortunate. I'm not saying I agree with it. It's just how it is, I think. Do it I, does suck. And in a perfect world, we wouldn't need this. But do you think installing leaders 
in other countries. <laughs> leaders. That's a quote. Leaders is a bad thing. Not the mass murder of people. Which is what this was. Yes. Which H- hundreds not, of thousands. I'm not standing by that at all. I'm just saying. There's kind of no way around it. I know. It just seems like it needs to be done sometimes. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. It's not like it's not going to be. All right. For the I mean, purposes that's, that's... of today's discussion, I can probably <laughs> think ways around doing that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Right. But I'm just I'm just throwing that point of view out there. But we're in people to think about that. We're empire. It's the empire, you know? Yeah. And it's uh there, you know, people with 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 power that have it. It gets out of hand quick. It can get out of hand quick and of course they don't want to relinquish it, but yeah. uh I think a lot of things with Operation Condor, like I said, were 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 money. You see right. lots of Standard Oil, lots of Rockefeller Foundation, Ford Foundation, you lots of business interest. Right. So I mean that was the fifty four Guata- Guatemala coup. That was the whole point. It was the uh United Fruit, you know? It was just a, I just wanted to grow some bananas some down bananas. there. Bananas. Yeah. But they had a vested interest in the country. And yeah. then they had a a president that was uh, democratically elected that was not cooperating. So what do you do? Out of there. Out of there. Mm-hmm. Gone. History. All right. So I assume like the the Rockefeller Foundations and things like that, they also uh, will will fund uh, other their own subversive groups as well. Yeah. There's a lot of propaganda. I had uh, actually run across one document that was talking about some of the propaganda they were using against, let's see, I'm just going to read from it. Propaganda efforts sponsored by Operation Condor possibly designed to cause the dissolution of the Christian Democratic Party in Chile and the political demise of former President Eduardo Frey. I'm just reading through the document here. From its headquarters in Buenos Aires, the organization's mission is to keep track of subversive and less of blah, 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 blah. I hate not... I, I don't highlight properly, though. That is my one downfall. I think I can just read through all this. In this case, the Chilean propaganda experts composed a story about alleged interviews between former Chilean President Frey and high U.S. political leaders. The story subsequently published in the Argentine press suggested that the criticism directed against the Chilean government during the U.S. election campaign had been inspired by Frey during his meetings with U.S. politicians. So propaganda, heavy you know, they, they like to throw that out there, too, and start mm-hmm. their own propaganda campaigns against people. They're not always just ousting them through, uh, <clears throat> you know, military means or whatever. But right, that's just one example. There's a whole, there was actually a whole pile of documents that were talking about uh, the some of the propaganda efforts. I just pulled one to give an example, but... I am whittling this pile down. Yeah, it's like, but it's what's crazy about it is every time you lift one up, I see three more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's crazy. Was, well, there's some duplicates in here too. Oh, though. okay. All right. There's some duplication of of multiple things. I try to eliminate that before I get over here. But I'm not successful uh, at yeah. it most times. But uh, so, like, I guess one of the kind of the interesting things too about the sort of the coordination efforts that I read somewhere and I God knows where that's at right now, but it was, you know, we were talking about the promise software, mm-hmm. which, uh, I kind of meant to mention this like in the, uh, first 
segment of the podcast, which was just talking about sort of completing um, the first volume of Whitney Webb's book, which is, uh, it's, it's just a history of crime. It's basically tons and tons, like the past hundred years of just all the organized crime that's, and of course, Operation Condor plays a part in that. Yeah. Because of the Robert Maxwell connection to the Promise software, which I asked the chat GPT if there was a connection between Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, if you're not aware, that was her father, uh, if there was a connection that it knew of between the Promise software being used in South America, if that was just a conspiracy theory, I guess, and it did not confirm it. But like you said, you get that message like 2021 and then you have to wonder what sort of information has been put into the darn thing to yeah. even give you what you got. So basically, it didn't confirm that, but she has written a lengthy article and of course the book, One Nation Under Blackmail. Just finished that first volume. It, I think the whole book's about a thousand pages. I'm audiobooking it. But it's, uh, like I said, just a history of crime and his involvement just very briefly kind of goes outside of the realm of operation condor but he was sort of brokering these deals for that promise software which was compromised software uh used by intelligence agencies like a backdoor okay into like it was sold to los alamos mm-hmm. and places like that and it was sold to governments so they could track and collate information yeah so in the Operation Condor capacity, I remember reading that this software, and I think you have one as well that was also Mm -hmm. used on sort of the, uh, was it not intelligence gathering, but the financial side of things? I can't remember what you you said that company was. Yeah, communications and intelligence gathering. Yeah, it was Crypto AG. Crypto AG. Yeah, that was used. Extensively in Operation Condor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the the promise thing is more of a conspiracy theory, but I think people have essentially confirmed as much as he was selling that shit and, and, and getting it all over the world. And so what it's interesting to know about the promise software is it wasn't just the CIA that had a backdoor in. It was also uh, Israel. It was Mossad. So you've got the Mossad also collaborating against... Uh, these people in South America as well. With Crypto AG, it was Germany in the United States. So you got all these. So you got everybody working against who knows who, really. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, just good evidence to suggest that all of these people were were involved. Now and again, it's taken many decades. This is why it's so hard to come to any sort of like conclusion of something that's happening right now in the current. It takes years before you know what the hell's going on. Yeah, but uh. Anyway, the Promise software, I assume, and I may be incorrect in this assumption, would have been used to collect names, addresses, family members, uh, organizations they're involved with. Basically, everything Facebook does now that people just hand over. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, nefariously, I love that word, especially in, uh, you know, talking about stuff like this because it's... They were, they people, our students would be joining organizations and stuff in colleges. Yeah. And then that information could be fed into the university's databases, I assume, something along those lines. If they had promise or if they were already working with the intelligence uh, sort of infrastructure there, finding these people, 
then they could use that information to very quickly get all their family, all their friends, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then, of course, it was very easy to go and get these people. You see how coordinated and perfect it was. Yeah. So that was the uh, the promise software. But do you have any other information on uh, what you call it again? It was the uh, uh, Crypto AG, and that was a, a Swedish-made company that would uh, make all this encryption software and you know machines and whatnot. The German Federal Intelligence Service and the CIA secretly purchased the company. Shell companies and all kinds of other, yeah, they have like tons of companies that they'll, that will be actual CIA front companies and, Mm -hmm. you know, it just goes on and on. You'll never figure out who the hell. And that, all that, all those purchases and stuff, the, the name, they had a cool operation for that too called Operation Rubicon. So they had a whole operation to purchase these companies. And, uh, yeah, Crypto AG was used uh, during the Iranian hostage crisis and the Falklands War also. Big time, Crypto AG was involved with that. Those machines and whatever. A lot of back doors were uh, used. Right. You know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. All right. Uh, I was just going to read from this an excerpt from Whitney Webb's article, which I think essentially the same information is in the book too. Uh, Just real quick. In Latin America, for instance, Maxwell sold promise to military dictatorships in Chile and Argentina, which were used to facilitate the mass murder, blah, blah, blah. The characterized Operation Condor as the friends and families of dissidents and so-called subversives were easily identified using promise. Once again, confirming, I think, uh, through a lot of her, her research and others before her. So this would have been used... In, uh, in that way, of course, thanks to the back door in promise, Israeli intelligence knew the identities of Guatemala's disappeared before the victim's own families, which I've read that several places too. They would know long before the, the family members would even know. Israel was also intimately involved in the arming and training of many of the same Latin American dictatorships that had been sold the bug promise software. So I think there's a definite connection there. Uh, Battalion 601. I mentioned that one earlier. Mm-hmm. One of the groups. Battalion de, Intel, de Intelligentsia 601. Special Military Intelligence Service of the Argentine Army whose structure was set up in the 1970s active in the Dirty War in Operation Condor. Disbanded in 2000. Went for that long. 2000? Yeah. I mean, decades. God. That that thing was rolling. What yeah. you reading there? I, I'm just uh, you, you brought it up again. I was just trying to trying to find the name of that GD Death Squad I was talking about. It, you know what? I'm giving up. I'm giving up. It's, it's one of gone. those. It's one of those things, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, real quick, just because I'm seeing it here and it's it's kind of interesting. I, I've mentioned the Rockefeller thing a couple of times. Yeah. Just because. The idea that you're just, uh, oh, we've got to stop these subversives. Communism everywhere. They use the same excuse in Vietnam. There's communism, communism. Mm-hmm. That war went on for, what, 15 years? It never materialized into any sort of, uh, quote, victory. Oh, yeah. and you didn't stop anything, right? Because there was nothing really to stop. Chat GPT, when I asked what David Rockefeller what the Rockefellers and the Rockefeller Foundation was. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of interesting. I just, uh, anyway, I just, I took note of this. I asked what their involvement may have been in the mm-hmm. Operation Condor, right? And this was the response that it gave me. Quote, while the Rockefeller family and their various business interests had connections and influence in the region, all of South America, 
There is no credible evidence linking David Rockefeller to the planning or execution of Operation Condor. It's essential to rely on verified sources, says ChatGPT, and historical records when discussing such matters to avoid spreading misinformation or unsubstantiated claims. And then I just very simply asked, what were the Rockefeller ties to South America? I think it's all in your wording, how you yeah. ask it questions. Because then it gives me oil industry, massive economic influence, the philanthropy, education and research, conservation and environmental initiatives, culture and art patronage, oh. influence and politics. That's not horrible. <laughs> Right, right, right. It's just they had their fingers dipped in all those things right, in South right. America, but they really had no hand in, you know. Yeah, I, I asked uh, Chat GPT about the billionaire. I just said billionaires, very generic. Billionaires. Like, billionaires, yeah. It said, uh, while it is possible that some individuals with significant financial resources may have had indirect influence or supported the military regimes involved, <laughs> right, right, right. there is no widely documented evidence of billionaires playing a prominent role in the operation. So, sure, so, right. <laughs> same I, kind I, of deal. I even see uh, like quite a bit. I was even like the Trilateral Commission being mentioned in, in regards to uh, a lot of those operations that were taking place uh, down there. So like David, this, this is a, one of the excerpts from um, one of the things that I may have mentioned earlier, which is kind of interesting. It's just talking about the Rockefellers. David Rockefeller became the chairman of the new commission, which I think he kind of started in the first place, which openly sought to create a new world order controlled by multinational corporations were already there and banks. During Operation Condor, Rockefeller traveled throughout South America, telling the newly installed dictators how to run their governments, which I mentioned earlier. The effects of his visit south of the border were crystallized in Chile, where in 76, the military regime under uh, Pinochet ignored international condemnation and the congressional cutoff of American aid uh, due to its terrorist activities, right? Thanks to the $927 million in loans from Chase Manhattan, Citibank, Morgan Guaranteed Trust, and other U.S. banks, the Trilateral Commission, in effect, had made American bankers, a high authority, higher authority than the elected representatives of the American people. So uh, here you had them just completely bypassing any possible like, if anybody knew anything about it, we were saying no, because this guy is doing what he's doing. Didn't matter. Right. He still had, you know, yep. the Rockefellers down there doing their thing. And I always wonder what you don't hear about the Rockefellers anymore. I know. I was just thinking that. I was just. It's like the you know the the mysterious Rothschilds family. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. are they are they so far behind the scenes now that it? Or do they still have that kind of power? Yeah. I mean, power, time. You know, sixty years on, fifty years on, things shift. I mean, maybe they spent all the money. <laughs> right. Right. I'm sure That's they're still possible, involved right? in some capacity. But another, uh, and it's a good good enough time as any. To talk about that Bolivia, that little piece, that little tidbit, that little piece of trivia, okay. if you don't care. I just thought it was interesting that I kept seeing in my readings, I kept seeing Klaus Barbie pop up. Are you familiar with the name Klaus Barbie? Uh, no. You the mentioned butcher, earlier and that was it. The Butcher of Lyon. He was responsible for 
4,342 murders, 7,591 deportations to death camps during his two-year posting in the French city. This was World War II. Uh, After the war, the U.S. intelligence placed him in a safe house, uh, provided him with sanitized identity, and granted him a generous stipend of $1,700 a month. In 1983, the Justice Department belatedly admitted that U.S. intelligence officials had arranged for Barbie's escape to Bolivia. So he's in Bolivia. Klaus Barbie, Nazi killer guy, collaborating uh, during Operation Condor because from what I've read and some of my notes here, he kind of uh, found himself in sort of a powerful position down there. I don't know why. I don't know how. He ran some sort of a secret army. And essentially... Not to make a long story short, but he was utilized during Operation Condor. So you had the CIA working with the Nazi Klaus Barbie during Operation Condor. Well, it's kind of right up his alley. <laughs> kind of... It is, but it's like, wow, they yeah. don't really care. No, nope. no. Nope. I mean, I guess because he had found himself in such a position of power, perhaps we even put him up there. I mean, this kind of goes back to Operation Paperclip. We're bringing all these guys mm-hmm. over. Most people know about like NASA and... Uh, Werner von Braun and stuff like that, but yeah. like there was a lot more of these guys that were that were put up in universities and places over here, and they were given sanitized uh, identities and things like that. Yeah, but also you know everybody knows about Argentina, all of mm-hmm. the ones that escaped to Argentina. I mean, who the hell knows how many of them escaped to I South know. America? Yeah. Really? See that picture that went around a couple of years ago? Of, it was Hitler with his girlfriend down there? Supposedly, no. I'm not saying it was real, but it was just it was a big thing for a while there. The dude looked just like Hitler, and he's just old man, just hugging his girlfriend. I mean, that is a conspiracy unto itself. All we're relying upon is what it would have been the Russians that supposedly stumbled upon him mm-hmm. after he had uh, committed suicide with uh, Eva Braun there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do we really know if that actually happened, or if he? I mean, not t- at all. Lots of other guys escaped, so. I don't know. That would be uh, a whole other episode, I guess. But Klaus Barbie, you got a Nazi being utilized during Operation Condor. Yeah. Well, look at me. I've gone through all my notes. Wow. I mean, there's more in there, but save that for part two. There's 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 bound to be a part two. All right. We'll huh? call this part one. Ah, you know, this is the official story behind yeah. Operation Condor, but. I want to say that you found something else. I found the what I believe to be is the true story behind this. Now, you were saying that you asked, oh my Lord, now I can't find my thing, that you asked uh, <laughs> ChatGPT about Robert Maxwell, and it said it came up with nothing for you, right? Any possible connection to Operation Condor. Right. Well, the promise software. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just say I, I typed something in here, and I'm gonna just go ahead and just read what. See if you can guess what I typed in to get this answer. While the official purpose of Operation Condor was to eliminate left-wing and communist opposition to the regimes, there have been persistent rumors about a deeper, more sinister purpose behind the campaign. Josh, oh, really? Some researchers have suggested that the operation was connected to the presence of unidentified flying objects and extraterrestrial visitation. Really? I can go a little bit deeper on that. Please. 
According to some accounts, the South American dictatorships were aware of the presence of UFOs in their airspace and had established secret arrangements, I'm sorry, agreements with the extraterrestrial beings. These agreements allegedly gave dictatorships access to the advanced technologies and knowledge in exchange for allowing the extraterrestrials to carry out experiments on human subjects. So that's why all these people were taken? Perhaps. Maybe they weren't thrown out of planes after all. Uh, Some researchers have also suggested... Do we have any names of these researchers that have... No need. Unnecessary information. They're researchers, though. They're smart folk. Extraneous. Yeah, some researchers have also... uh, That Operation Condor was part of a larger plan to suppress any information about the extraterrestrial presence on Earth and to eliminate any individuals or groups who might pose a threat to the secrecy of the project. This would explain the extreme brutality and violence of the campaign, which targeted not only left-wing activists, but also intellectuals, journalists, and artists. All right, all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel all- like a piece of shit for even bringing this up. That's why I was the- quiet for a lot of your whole <laughs> your bullshit you were talking about. Uh, last thing... Uh, in, a, in addition, there have been a number of cases of alleged alien abduction and experimentation in South America. Now, we all saw that documentary, right? James Fox documentary? Yep. Uh, which suggests that there may be some truth to the rumors of secret agreements with extraterrestrial beings. Okay. So I'm just saying your, your thing... Chat GPT didn't want to help you with mine. Chat GPT actually gave you that. Uh-huh. However, it is important <laughs> to approach these claims with a healthy doth, 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 dose of skepticism. I think I will. <laughs> okay, then. I think I absolutely will. See, and this is why this is why you'll never get anywhere. Okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. You know, just ran. I just that it would even provide to, that as yeah. a possible like a lot. And then I started typing this in the other day because I couldn't find it. I know I sent you this in the email, but I was just trying to get it to reproduce it because I couldn't find where I put it. And then I just remembered I sent you this, but it wouldn't give me, it wouldn't pump that out again. That was the first attempt, gave it to me. I couldn't find it in the previous chat log that I had with it. All right. And then I tried to get the response again. Nothing. But luckily, luckily, Gmail saved that for me. Great. So. That's what I think happened. Is happening. <laughs> right now, into the current era. Yep. Well, I don't subscribe to that one just yet, All but... Right. Uh, You'll be sorry. Yeah, you will. Again, I feel like a scumbag sorry. for even bringing that up. Yeah, well... That there was this massive murder incorporated taking place in South America. We're attributing it to aliens. Well, no, I'm just throwing that out there as a possible theory. I understand. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what happened. Although, let's look at the facts. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have given you that if it... Right. Right. It's, it's AI, for God's sake. Doesn't lie. Nope. Doesn't know how to. Doesn't know how to. So. Anyway, I yeah. guess that's Operation Condor I mean, for that's now. That's all I have in my notes, which was very limited. Compared I have to a lot more, but there's. it's really... We're going to be going into details that, uh, you know... Yeah. Probably just it's probably just not going to work here. 
And there's only so much you can do for a podcast, you know. That's true. That's true. We're providing some information. You can take this information and go and uh, do dig, what you will with it. Dig further. Right. That's dig the, deeper. That is what I think you need to do after every one of our episodes. Look into it for yourself. <laughs> That'd be your tagline. Yeah. Check yourself. Yeah. Before you wreck yourself. So if you'd like to, I guess we go ahead and call it quits, huh? Uh, yeah. Let's do a little wrap up here. Sure. Let's wrap it up. The uh, Turbo X podcast on Instagram. Always post some fun stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. You are very good at that. I try to keep it. I rolling. You do current. And yeah, we've been getting some some traction lately and feedback. Yeah. Send us an email, terriblyvexpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also go to terriblyvex.com. Send us a message there and get access to the Instagram feed and every episode. Right on there. Right on there. YouTube, Terribly Vex Podcast. And uh, recently, nothing is posted. And yet somehow there's five followers. Terribly Vex Podcast on TikTok. We have a TikTok? <laughs> Started it the other night. So great, but nothing's posted and Twitter. But I still, uh, sorry, X. But I don't do anything there. It seems like TikTok would be the most popular social media to. It's a lot of video though. We don't really do video. Yeah, but I mean, you can post video. I do tons of video. Yeah, on Instagram, but we could do a live one right now. Me and you looking to the. We'll do a selfie video. <laughs> I think nobody wants to see that. Yeah. All right. Uh. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I guess that's the end of uh, Operation Condor. We'll yep. call it part one. We may revisit this uh, sometime at a future date. I like it. Thank you all for joining us. Until next time. See you. Bye.